Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Happy St. Patrick's Day, I just should have worn green. I feel a little guilty. Happy St. Patty's, Roberta. I'm pinching you through the Zoom camera. Yeah, pinch, pinch. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of Royally Obsessed. I'm Roberta. I'm Rachel. And before we get into everything about the royals... Please email us at info at gallerypodcasts.com. We love, love hearing from our listeners. We have an amazing listener email coming up. Also, follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. It's at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Rachel, what are we chatting about today? Well, St. Patrick's Day, of course. Uh, the traditions, the celebrations for the royals and all of us, I think, are back on, which is great. We are also discussing Prince William and Kate's attention on Ukraine from the event last week. And that comment from William, we're going to get into that. Prince Harry is getting ready to head to The Hague. Cool little uh, promo from him on that. The latest on the Queen's health and more, unfortunately, from Samantha and now Thomas Markle. I know. But what are we sipping? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. I'm going to open it right now. It's only green at the bottom. The food coloring I have does not work. <laughs> I see it. I think it works. <laughs> only at the very bottom, though. I don't know. I have, I stirred it with a spoon, too. You're not supposed to, like, stir Cheers, beer, I think. Roberta. Cheers. You have a Guinness in a in, in a, a bottle. bottle. I saw it lurking in the back of the of the cooler at the bodega. I was, like, going to get the can, and then I was like, this is – says – extra extra stout. Oh, this is delicious. It is almost happy hour too, so this is perfect. Yes. This is a well-timed episode for a royal refreshment in the afternoon. But how have you been, Roberta? I didn't even explain that I'm ha- I have a, a beer that I tried to dye green. That was what I was trying to say earlier. Um, I've been good. I've been, been jet-setting all, all over the place. I was in Chicago this weekend for a bachelorette and There was then... some St. Patty's Day energy there, right? Is, haven't they not so dyed much. the river in a long time because of the pandemic? No, it's that it's just that they always do it um, no, I think they did it during the pandemic. Mm. They just they always do it the weekend before. So this is like the big parade weekend as uh. well. So we got to see the dying of the river up close, which was really cool. And it's like it's just neon green. It's just so cool to see. Um, but yeah, how was your weekend? I loved your photos. Um, mine was good. I feel like it was. Uh, oh, I saw a movie. I went to the movies. I saw the worst person in the world, and it how was, was the best movie in a long time in the world. <laughs> in the world. <laughs> It's um, really? a foreign film. It's Norwegian, I think. And it was just it? incredible. It's a rom-com, wow. but it's – you would really like it, actually, I think, because it's just kind of a modern – Is just, it funny? It's funny, but then it's it, – it's, it takes a turn. So, But it's just so uplifting and makes you miss your youth and just also all the contemplation we all do about life and dating. And, oh, yeah. I want to see it. Nancy I- Myers highly recommended it on her Instagram. She's like the queen of rom-coms, and that's how oh, I first heard yeah, about it months back. So I was like, when I saw that it was at my local – independent movie theater I, I ran ran right over <laughs> that's awesome yeah well, I, I have the adam project on my list oh yeah one of our co-workers was talking yes. about it, and said it was good so i definitely want to watch that 
Oh, that's going to so be much maybe something this coming weekend. All right. Well, as I mentioned before, we have a wonderful listener email from Joe. She wrote us about her surreal moment meeting Camilla. I love this. So she wrote, we kind of shortened this for time, but she wrote, I live close to South End on the Sea. Therefore, I couldn't resist going to see Charles and Camilla. I bought a small bouquet of flowers from Marks and Spencer, a surreal experience deciding which flowers the Duchess would like. Luckily, as soon as she got out of the car, she walked straight over to me, took the flowers, and shook my hand. She thanked me for the flowers. She also said, sorry we didn't bring nicer weather with us. My mother-in-law, who filmed her speaking to me, then turned her phone to film Prince Charles, who was very close by. He, unfortunately, didn't shake my hand, although it was nice that they kind of spread themselves out to greet more people. I must tell you how delicate and beautiful Camilla looked. Fabulous skin, hair, and makeup. She put me to shame. And then she sent us the clip of an interview she gave about waiting for Camilla. And I just think it's so funny because she also mentions that she loves Royal Podcasts during the interview. And she says, I apologize for not directly saying royally obsessed. Oh, I mean, Joe. <laughs> you are forgiven. I'm just amazed yeah, that forgiven. you even thought of us in that moment. And also, Roberta, when you walked, watched the clip, my reaction was just, I felt like I was there with us. Mm-hmm. So Joe, with you. So thank you, Joe, for sending it. But I thought that it was like, I suddenly felt panicked as they approached. Like, what would, in that opportunity, in that moment, like, Charles and Camilla, the future king and queen consort of England, are walking towards you. Like, I just, I got flustered and I wasn't even there. (laughs) And it's also something, I I mean, I love that Joe points this out because it's not something I think about all the time, but how like flawless Camilla looked. Like, she says her makeup was really beautiful and just her skin and hair. And it's like, I don't feel like we give her enough credit. And I do think that she really does have like a really good beauty regimen. So yeah, I actually think about not to add on and keep this going longer, but I did really notice how beautiful Camilla did look in the recent event for International Women's Day. There were a lot of close up photos and her I did feel like her skin looked quite lovely and And it's just funny that it was a Roro that was there because I remember earlier that day, this is before Joe emailed us reading a story about this event and the fact that Camilla walked straight over to someone holding a bouquet and started chatting with them. And it was Joe. So that's so cool. I feel like what a great note company to receive. A famous person, honestly. Yes. Um, but <laughs> she also mentioned some tips for anyone visiting London because she lives in London. She says that she highly recommends getting tea at the Kensington Palace Pavilion because there are actually some seats where you can overlook the Diana statue in the Sunken Garden. So what a good tip. Adding that to our (laughs) list, our itinerary. We always, our Google Doc, we reference all the time. Yeah. All right, This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. Hold your beer, get our beers ready. But um, St. Patrick's Day, according to the Royals, we wanted to reminisce about this because the traditions are back on after a two-year pause. We know that Kate and William are on deck for Thursday, which is the day this episode comes out, to hand out shamrock sprigs to the 1st Battalion Irish Guards at that Aldershot parade and present the Irish Wolfhound mascot. So that's coming up. Uh, I was thinking back to the video message we had last year from Kate and William in combination with world leaders, and I wanted to play that as a reminder. We're delighted to wish you all a very happy St. Patrick's Day. How come you got that easy bit? I love that I love all it. the publications, like this clip has been circulating this week ahead of St. Patrick's Day, and everyone's like, oh, William getting flirty. Like, 
<laughs> is it really flirty, Roberta, would you say? I don't know. Yeah, it's not really flirty. It's but not. we love any banter between them, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so fun fact, Queen Alexandra actually kicked off this tradition in 1901 of attending the parade and presenting the shamrocks. And then Kate Middleton officially took over from Princess Anne in 2012. But this, this was interesting because in 2016, Kate bowed out of doing the shamrock presentation and attending, and it was ahead of a trip she was taking to India and Bhutan, and I think the reason was because she was trying to, or the assumed reason was that she was prioritizing family time before being away for a long stint, but mm-hmm. there was so much backlash about breaking a 115-year tradition of female royals giving out shamrocks, oh, wow. but upon further research, a lot of people back the traffic's getting worked up about it. Um, <laughs> back in 2016, there was a lot of um, commentary about the fact that this was something that female royals o- always did, but that is actually not true. There were a lot of news reports. King George VI did it. Prince Edward has stepped in for the Queen Mother. So she didn't actually make, break a tradition, but people were all pissed off about it. The Daily Mail, yeah. of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that she had this massive international trip coming up so we can give her a pass. Yeah, and one. she also had like, you know, uh, itineraries like for other just local events leading up to it. So she took a pause for one year and people got mad. We did get a glimpse of Charles today at the Irish Cultural Center with Camilla and he really struggled to pour a Guinness properly. I did you see those photos? This. Yes. <laughs> and the videos, it's really funny actually. And he gets the like Guinness froth on his nose, which is just like And the she most- kind of subtly is like, you know, Camilla, yeah, wipe it away. We thought it would be fun to ask our producer who is quite, quite skilled at the proper way to pour Guinness while I sip it. He was giving (laughs) me counsel before. Can you step in and just tell us what is the way to pour Guinness? You have to, because Charles couldn't get the angle right. You're supposed to, if with a can, you're supposed to have a pint glass and tip it all the way upside down and pour it all out at once and then wait about uh, a minute or so for the bubble to die down. So vertical. Yes, cold it vertical. It seems counterintuitive to what you normally would do uh, with a can of beer, but you're supposed to pour it entirely upside down, vertical, and then wait for the bubbles to uh, dissipate. And it works. It feels like it won't work, but it does. And there you have it, ladies and gents. Well, because I think Charles had like the 45 degree angle, and that's where right, the foam which is got out I've of control. To do. Got yeah. on his nose, botched the job, even after an explainer. But well, we are because all- typically in normal beer pouring process you would get it against the glass so that there aren't as many bubbles but i think for guinness you want that froth (laughs) we need like a full it's it's because of the uh the cartridge that's in the um the can that i there's science behind it but because of that it's not operating like a normal can of beer so like there's like a nitro thing in it yes that the nitro cartridge is the and i forget exactly what it does but it it is operates very differently than a beer (laughs) a regular beer well i love all the royals getting in the festive spirit i love that these events are back on it's fun to think back and reflect on them officially on St. Patrick's Day when this episode drops. And I'm so excited to see that Irish wolfhound. That's my favorite part. Yeah. Gets his own shamrock, right? Yes. All right. First up for this week's royal news, Prince William and Duchess Kate paid tribute to Ukraine by visiting London's Ukrainian Cultural Center. And we didn't get to talk about this. It just happened right after our previous episode aired. But that's kind of a good thing. Yeah, I think it was good because of all the 
controversy. controversy afterwards. So we'll get into that. But first, so this event had the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge sorting through and packing donations for some of the nearly 3 million, almost 3 million now refugees who have fled the country since Russia's invasion. That's they staggering. brought homemade brownies and granola bars, which was really sweet. And I felt like it was kind of a, a reminding me throwback to Kate's pasta project that they did yes. what did they do they like brought pasta for charlotte's birthday wasn't it yeah that that's what it was but they're they're known to be good at baking yeah i feel like that's good. and she bakes all their cakes for their birthdays yeah. like i just feel like she's such it's a, a nice the personal brownies touch looked, the granola bars everything looked really good i was like whoa those are huge um so the controversy though so the Initial reports, pool reporter Richard Palmer filed a misquote to the Press Association, which, you know, there is now at these events, there's one or not now, this always has been the case that there's one royal reporter who then distributes the quotes and pictures and everything to the outlets. So Richard Palmer submitted William said Britons were more used to seeing conflict in Africa and Asia. It's very alien to see this in Europe. We are all behind you. And here's the clip of what he actually said. Everyone's horrified by what they're saying to you now. It's really horrifying. And the news every day, it's just, it's, it's almost infallible. So it's actually witness it still. You know, for our generation, it's, kind of, it's very alien to see this happen in Europe. Um, so, but we're all, we're all right behind you. We're thinking about you guys a lot. And I know all we can provide, we feel so useless, we can provide words, but we, you know, we are thinking about what we're So... The follow-up from this is that, you know, every publication basically picks up what the Press Association puts out there. And so it was widely distributed and printed. And Rachel, you and I were saying it just, it took so long for this ITV video of what he actually said to come out, which Mm -hmm. was really interesting. Yeah, the palace never issued a statement saying that it was was incorrect. It was many, many, many hours, right? Yeah. And even after publications like Washington Post and Vanity Fair printed retractions and corrections, you know, it's it's hard because you kind of ignore those little boxes at the bottom oftentimes. Town and Country had yeah. theirs at the very top of their story. But basically, you know, William's quote doesn't include the word, the sentence about Africa and Asia, but he still says it's alien to see this in Europe. And I would just want to know your thoughts on that, Rachel, or just I, I get I just have like weird feelings about that by itself. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I think the hard part with corrections, like we look at the Daily Mail with Megan, right, where she wanted it front page and when she won that lawsuit, she was very explicit about how she wanted the correction to appear because I do think when corrections happen, they're in a small box, but like a lot of the rest of the story doesn't change. It's just an updated piece of information. But yeah, I mean, I think... It's very confusing how this all happened because you have one reporter that's dispensing the info to the world. And I feel like it makes me just continue to scratch my head about the palace's relationship with the Daily Mail. Like, yeah, this is misreporting, but also in your opinion, was this racism? It's an outwardly racist statement. So was this something that that particular reporter inferred on his own, demonstrating that his own, the publication's own racism? I'm not sure. What do you think? That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I think he could have easily had said said this offhand comment at another time in the event. We don't know that for sure. I think that was kind of floated around. Like, how would you completely make up? Like, it's hard to mishear those two were those two continents. Yeah, and the fact that they didn't uh, correct it is that the invisible contract? Like, never complain, never explain. Like, I just don't. I don't understand. They correct such random things, I guess. 
I and I still feel weird about saying that it's alien diseases mm-hmm. in Europe when you know, he was a little kid when there was the Balkan conflict, but also, you know, his family was directly affected by the troubles in Northern Ireland. There's yeah. been the tons of conflict yeah. in Europe. And there's this kind of otherism about saying that it's not happening on the European continent or that we're not used to it. And I think that in itself feels wrong. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like it is on one hand, it could be a clumsy statement, but I think as the future king of England, it is incredibly, as Jake Tapper said, a historical, and William should know that. I mean, he is the future yeah. king of England, and I think when I first saw this, it's like my heart sank again. It's almost a year to the day when after he said the, you know, we're very, very much, much not, not a racist yeah. family, and I think that it's just, come on, William, like, this is not okay. <laughs> I know, I know. You're in a power position. Like, you need to get that part right. And I liked what you had mentioned to me when we, this is all happening about, like, briefing wars. Mm-hmm. Like, we totally, our attention completely shifted from Charles paying for Andrew's settlement to this. Well, that's the thing that I thought. I mean, I am not at all excusing what William said, but I did think it was fascinating to see how much Charles and Andrew disappeared and their scandals disappeared from the pages. I mean, I'm hopeful that they'll come back because that's what our attention should be on as well. But like, right. But you haven't, we haven't heard about the cash for honors thing with Charles since this broke. Mm -hmm. And then it's just the whole misreporting part of it. It's very, it's very complex and confusing. I also thought it was interesting and I, I, you know, this might just be (laughs) totally unrelated, but the BAFTAs, you know, William Mm -hmm. and Kate pulled out at the last second and apparently people were very disappointed by that. But I think, is that related? Is it that they didn't want to face that? Or was it more the fact that they assumed that Rebel Wilson would potentially be lobbing some jokes their way as they've which experienced she in totally, the past? Yes. Which she totally did. She skewered a lot of people there, but she definitely went after Harry and Meghan, especially in the Oprah interview and all of that. And Prince Andrew, like the Pizza Express jokes. Yeah, I think that... I, I've heard mixed reviews too. Like Some people said it was really funny and then others were like, it was toe-curlingly cringy. Yeah, they said that panning to certain actors, people had cringe faces on during those remarks. So maybe it was an avoidance of that, but I feel like it probably would have been hard to have your next event be something so splashy after these comments. It's just bold of their PR team to say it's diary constraints when it's a Sunday night and he's the president of BAFTA. Yeah. And he's like been (laughs) amping up the ceremony. What what is in your diary? I mean, it's like, are they making more brownies for the kids? Like, I feel like, what what did you have to have in, on Sunday night that you could, I don't know. I guess it's just avoiding the controversy. And But they, they took the Margot Robbie comment with such poise. Like, and they were such good sports about that. And it was, it was fine. Yeah, maybe that was like a low, low level offense compared to like what they've, you know, the scandals of the last, since Oprah, you know, because that was pre-Oprah. That was pre-Oprah. All right, well, we will see them this weekend because Saturday they kick off their Caribbean tour, which I am so excited about because, Rachel, I think that they're going to bring the kids. I really <gasps> hope so. Roberta, what makes like you think that? I want to know. Why, what are you, like, why is your well, gut like telling you? It's perfect timing. I feel like they're going to this wonderful warm weather locale. I don't know. It would just be so, it would be so, so nice. And it's not that long of a tour. It's the 19th to 26th. They'll be going to Belize first, then the Bahamas and Jamaica. So... Please bring the kids. That would be amazing. All right. More backlash involving um, a different son of Diana, but Prince Harry. (laughs) 
That was um, a good. Uh, was a good I was like, how do I describe him without mentioning his name? That was kind of lame, but okay. Um, so he released this promo for The Hague. Uh, Invictus Games is headed there on April 16th, which we're really excited about. This is also a reminder, the Netflix series. Um, it's the lead up to Invictus. So it means that maybe we'll be seeing some content on that front. But mm. Harry's been working on that. And he released a promo video just to kind of get everyone amped up. He learns Dutch. There's a great big finish where he pulls off all this orange, he which strips is... strips down. Yeah, which is a great, great, you know, it's a... It's a color that demonstrates national pride in the Netherlands. But the backlash that Harry endured was that it came out just a few hours after he announced that he would not be going home for Prince Philip's service of Thanksgiving. And the backlash primarily came from, of course, the tabloids. And we know that the reason he's likely not going is because of security issues. But it did go hand in hand. And, you know, before we get into all of it, I want to play the clip from this promo video where he attempts to learn Dutch. One more time, guys, please. You know I need to get this right, and I really want to get it right as well. So how do I say, good afternoon, you've done a great job in Dutch. Goedemiddag. Jullie hebben het goed gedaan. Okay. Goedemiddag. Jullie hebben het goed gedaan. Yes. I'll take it. Sounds good. I love is Dutch. Dutch the hardest language of all time. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I still could not. I don't know how he did it. That was amazing. Yeah, Sounds it was great. It was definitely, I mean, the publications that, you know, that it was like he's uh, clowns around, he's awkward, but I loved the awkwardness. I thought it was adorable. I thought that it was a really cool kind of video. It reminded me of James Corden. Yeah, it did. It did. Kind and of it, vibes. Yeah, of that. it was cute. I love seeing too the inside of their home, like more. Like yeah. what they have added. Like there was a chair in the background and there's still that print of the bear. And I don't know. It's just like their house feels so like inviting. And it does. Soothing. Yeah. And it's know. like a produced video. <laughs> you see him pulled back. It's not just like the zoom screen. I like that. I mean, I guess like you could, he could have delayed, right? Like they, oh, totally. there was no the need to release it on the no. same day. But I don't, I didn't really look at that. I think that this is just about service. Like we forget, like this isn't really about Harry. This is him getting everyone amped up for something that he cares so passionately about. Like, I don't think that yeah. that's that terrible, but maybe. I, I mean, I think they could have spaced it out. I do think with, there's probably more to the story than him just not going. We obviously know he's still locked up in the litigation mm-hmm. over his security. And so that's a huge factor. Yeah, of course. And also, it seems like maybe the queen might not even be able to make it at this point. There's, like, talks that she's only going to attend for a short while or that she might not go at all. She, I mean, she canceled. This is my low, so I'm skipping ahead. But yeah. that she can, couldn't make it to Commonwealth Day service. So I don't know. But I, I do – I mean, he was skewered by Darren McGrady, who – Which was a surprise, the, right? Yeah, the he was the former chef to Diana in Kensington Palace. He best known from the, Spencer in his yeah. fictional, as yeah. he had such a huge role in that movie, you know, in the reenactment. Yeah, he really did. When he was like, "Hi, I'm Darren," we were like, "What?" I shouldn't say best um, known. I should say best known recently to all recent. of us. Well, yeah. his because yeah, he obviously but, had a. <laughs> A huge part in the <laughs> royals' lives before Spencer. Right. And he's still kind of – he's doing like a royal chef thing. Anyways, um, he said to the Daily Mail that this quote, he said, his grandfather would have given him a clip around the ear and told him to grow up. The queen will be devastated and Princess Diana would too if she were here. Okay, Darren – I don't know if we can claim that Princess Diana would be devastated given the context of everything that's happened with Harry. This is like – I feel like that's such an assumption to make. And 
I think that she would support Harry's decision. I don't yeah, know. That I just think felt that super he, weird to me. We kind of know the strength of, it seems like, according to Harry and Meghan, the relationship he has with the queen. And just felt really out of left field to have him comment on this. And in fact, I was thinking about how Prince Philip, who hates all, who hated all ser- sense of ceremony and occasion, might just be like, just get on with it. I don't know. I think just the fact yeah. that Invictus Games is he might about be like, service. Don't do the service. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I think that it just seemed not the coolest. It definitely wasn't. And I think we still have hope of seeing Harry bring Lilibet to meet Lilibet. So I'm yeah. holding for that. And I. Honestly, there's been talk that Megan and the kids will go over with him to The Hague as well. So that would be really exciting. That would be really there's exciting, yeah. A lot to look forward to. It is such a bummer, and I wish he was going to this. But the security stuff needs to be sorted. Like, I'm not sure yeah. how it will work out, but it also does feel like, as Omid said last week, that all Harry has to do is breathe to get backlash. Right, and it's like they don't want him over there, and then they're so mad when he says he's not going over. <laughs> There. You know what I mean? Like, you can't have it both ways. This is not how it works. No, it's really frustrating. No. All right, before before the see this beer is hitting me. Oh, woo woo, St. Patty's. Yeah. I'm trying yeah. to channel the energy. Party responsibly, so people. Before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. I already mentioned mine, but mine is just the Queen's health and just kind of some more question marks surrounding that after she announced Friday that she wouldn't be at Commonwealth Day Services. She did release a statement to honor the day where she renewed her vow that she made at 21 years old to a life of a life devoted to service. She made that in 1947, that famous speech. But, you know, it's this talk, this chatter, I guess, of how much she can attend during the Jubilee. What what will she be able to do during the service of Thanksgiving? The Mail on Sunday reported over the weekend that she might not even be well enough to attend that, which is why I mentioned that earlier. Wow. She's 96 next month, and she's completely ruled out using a wheelchair, which I kind of just wanted to talk to you. I know this is a long low, but just that that feels so hard because I think... Why shouldn't she use a wheelchair? She's 96 almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't like that she's, like, not... Putting that pressure on herself. She doesn't... Right. Or, like, doesn't want to appear in public in a wheelchair. Like, it feels like a little bit, like, ableism. Like, a lot of people would want to, like, see her no matter what, I mm-hmm. think. And we obviously want her to be able to walk as long as possible. But we also want to see her and do what's best for her health. So... We'll see. There's been some changes to the ceremony that's coming up on March 29th for Prince Philip. The service has been cut to 50 minutes. The queen is going to use a side door, supposedly, instead of that arduous walk down the long central aisle of Westminster Mm -hmm. Abbey. So we will see how that all plays out. Sorry for taking up all this time with that. (laughs) No, I think it's really interesting and nuanced, Robert. I appreciate it. Um, Milo is just the continued headlines about Samantha Markle and now Thomas. My goodness. My low, I'm going to give it to you in three parts. First, that BuzzFeed News article by Ellie Hall that revealed that Samantha Markle is actually one of Megan's biggest trolls and and attackers and spreaders of misinformation online. If you haven't read it, 
go and read it. I don't even want to mention or give airtime to the claims that she's made against Megan. It's horrible, but it's it's a really uh, good read. And then also just the fact that Thomas Margle now has a YouTube channel. And he said in the first episode that he wants to testify against Megan as part of Samantha's defamation case and called Harry her ginger husband. Like I saw that. What? And it sounded like he mostly wanted to go to trial so he could like physically see Megan again and like lay eyes on her and the kids because he feels he's been cut off and that's just so the reasons why he's been cut off are so obvious and then also the fact my third part is that he said that Megan should settle with Samantha which just feels like a blatant money grab and I just can't imagine what this all feels like for Roberta for my god the beer is really hurting me I can't imagine what this all feels like for Megan you know what Jamaica, I mean? Like I'm just big gazing at you. So like, I can't imagine what this all feels like for Megan, truly, because it's just. I, I mean, you can't. I stop wanted it. to read this. I know this tweet that I I thought was really good. It said it's from Malware Tech Blog. It says, "My greatest fear in life is becoming famous and having someone close to me go full Thomas Markle." Oh like my that God. is terrifying, and apparently rather father. easy to do. Yeah. Ugh, yikes. All right, what's your high? Anyway, our highs. We're going to go through these highs faster because we need to be cut off. Okay, my high is that Sophie, Countess of Wessex, just appeared in New York. Surprise, surprise. So she's there for a four-day solo tour, and she's going to give a keynote speech at Upholding Women's Rights in Afghanistan event, which is held by UN Women. So yesterday she planted a rosemary bush in the Queen Elizabeth II garden, which I did not know existed in Manhattan, but it's in Hanover Square. And Rachel, I wish you had gone there. I know. I I feel like I needed this itinerary. Like, she's here for another couple days. Should I try and, like, run around? I don't know. I feel like you could, like, go up to her and, like, ask a question. I don't know. What would you ask her if you could? Oh, my God. What would I ask her? I'd ask her where she got that amazing black leather dress that she wore (laughs) because I am – I'm convinced that Sophie has just incredible style. I still love the me and M dress she wore to Wimbledon, so that's probably what I'd ask her. That's great. That's a great question. I love it. Happy she's here. Okay, my high. Ask her to be on the pod. Yeah, Exactly. Edward, too. My high, Roberta, is do 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 do. I got some royal snail mail. <laughs> Surprise! And she's episode. holding it up to the camera. Wait, I, I like opened it, it with There's a steam, but it's actually kind of funny because they misspelled my name. It says B O U I E, but that's okay. I probably Rude. need. I was a little too swoopy with my W's when I wrote my last name. <laughs> But this is what's exciting is this is my first like official letter versus just a photo. It's from my Christmas card that I sent to the queen just wishing her well at that, you know, thanking her for all of her stuff. And it's actually signed by her lady in waiting. And it (laughs) says it's personalized. And maybe it's not. And don't bust my bubble. Anyone that's listening, maybe this is just the generic. But I checked Gert's royal replies and it seems personalized. It doesn't line up. But it says on behalf of yourself and your family. And I did sign it from Matt and Finn. So it's just a letter thanking her, thanking me for my particular kindness and support shown to Her Majesty over the last year and blah, blah, blah. So I will treasure this, but it's hand signed. And does it mention the Queen at all? Does it say, what does it say? It It says, says, the Queen wishes me to thank you for the message you sent to Her Majesty. So it's on behalf of the lady in waiting. It's not from the Queen. That is so cool. It's dated March 4th. So anyways, this is your PSA to get those birthday cards in the mail for Her Majesty. Gosh, such a good reminder. All right. Cheers, Rachel, Cheers. to a great episode. Clinking <laughs> so our Getting beers. a little tipsy in honor did, of Did Patrick's you finish Day. your Guinness? I'm halfway. I was like drinking it slow. I'm such a lightweight these days. I'm 
basically done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating of five stars. If you love us five stars worth, that would be amazing to leave us a review. This review says, I look forward to this podcast each week. Next best thing to tea with the queen. I mean, what? but that I mean, is just the highest praise we could possibly yeah. receive. <laughs> We're so giggly now. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Reminder to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until next week. God, God save, save the, the pod. Barakti na fela Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.